Hey everybody, there are a ton of ways that you can follow us online. We've got our website, realnerdspodcast.com, that you can go to and you can read articles and find the podcast episodes there as well. If you like social media, you can follow us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or on Twitter and Instagram at Real Nerds. You can also call us anytime and leave a voicemail at 720-6-NERDS-5 and then we'll play your voicemail on the show. Thanks for listening. I hope you like us. Hi, this is Georges Genty and you are listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Pop Culture Con 2021, because 2020 is a fuck year. And uh, I'm Ryan, with me via Zoom is Henry Hello. and Brad. What's up? I am coming to you live from my Forerunner because <laughs> the power went out in my house. But what's cool about my new Forerunner is um, if I hook up my iPhone to my uh, dash. Um, I have Apple CarPlay, so it charges my phone while I can use apps as long as my vehicle remains in park. So, I mean, it'll still charge my phone and let me play music in Apple CarPlay, but it will not let me do Zoom video conferencing. So, are you in your car right now? I am. Ah, fucking road trip episode. I love it. Totally. So yeah, that's that, that's where we're at in this fucking year of 2020. Podcasting from our cars. Yeah, you know, the only thing I really care about is I don't want to have to throw out my food in my refrigerator, so I'm hoping that they get it on in the next couple of hours. <sighs> Fuck, that would suck. My God. Yeah, and I literally just went to the grocery store yesterday. <laughs> Jesus and I'm just in there. Christ. I know I'm sitting there looking at like the steak and the, like the pork roast I have. And I go, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Just early Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, I have a, um, a gas stove. So if it keeps going, I'll just cook fucking everything. Yeah. There you go. And then try to stop it from happening. We'll see how it goes guys. I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I'm sure they're, I'm sure Excel's going to race up here. They're known for their customer service. Yeah. And um, I'll have power in like 10 minutes, I'm sure. See, if you live in Colorado, my XL joke just totally landed. Like, great. I mean, here's... Go ahead, brother. Everyone here is just nodding quietly in their cars as they're listening to the podcast. Like, yeah, Excel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck Excel. I mean, listen, all our international or interstatal uh, listeners, just su- like substitute in whatever your energy <laughs> provider is, because it's the same thing across the nation. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, for all we know, they're the same company with different brands. There we go. Conspiracy oh, they, I'm, per state. I'm, sh- I'm sure they are. Yeah. And the reason Excel, I, I was actually looking into this because I said, man, why do I have to have Excel energy? You know? And they're allowed to service every home in Colorado because they provide something that everybody needs. So it's not considered a monopoly. It's not cool. Uh, How much stuff is that? I like moved. Go ahead, Brian. No, go ahead. 
Okay. I moved uh, into my new apartment, like right at the beginning of COVID, like right before lockdown happened. And uh, because of that, uh, PSEG, my energy people, uh, they emailed me being like, listen, we're not going to go out and like uh, meter you or anything. Uh, so we're just going to do like an estimate based on what your month was last month. And so it wasn't there last month. Uh, my energy bill since I moved here in March has been $10 a month ever since. Fuck yeah. <laughs> but uh, I got an email from them like a couple days ago being like, all right, we, just, we did the meter and we're just going to, because uh, we didn't do the meter before, here's a $500 bill for your apartment. Oh shit. Yeah, so uh, luckily I'm getting paid, like, this week, but uh, that would have been a fucking bummer to deal with, and so... Wait, so they're back charging you? Yeah, for, like, so they're back charging you for, like, all of my previous months, uh, all at once, and so... That's without, without, without reading the meters for those months. Yeah, there's based on... They're like, well, you did this much this month, so we're just going to assume you did this much th- these months, so... That's pretty shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's no one so in I the guess- apartment before you? Like a month? No, because my uh, no one was vacant. No one was in my apartment last and before I came in. Like it was a vacant apartment, like refurbished and everything. So no one was using energy in there. And so they assumed that I was also not using energy then. And so my bill was the minimum of ten dollars for ever since March, which was great. And then now, <laughs> so I'd prefer if it was like I don't know. But I was surprised it was a vacant apartment at your income level in New York. Yeah, it was like refurbished and it was like a new building and that kind huh. of thing. So I just lucked out. And so, but. Anyway, but what we do do on this podcast is we go see a new movie every week and we podcast our experience of the world. Uh, this is still technically a new movie. I guess it's four weeks old. Um, we saw the new mutants this week. So stay tuned to the end of the show where we'll tell you if you should see the film or not play the trailer and then spoil the film. Uh, we also talk about movies that are coming out on Blu-ray movie news and what we've been watching and probably the most high octane segment on our show is going around town with brad hey film buddies follow me around denver brad is there anything happening around town uh it's getting less and less now that we're heading into winter um the uh 88 drive-in is uh keeping with their lineup of cloudy with a chance of meatballs the blind side and spider-man far from home and the Fort Collins drive-in is still has Tenant and then New Mutants on one screen and then the Broken Hearts Gallery and then Bill and Ted face the music on the other. And there is a special presentation of Purple Rain, um, September 17th. So one day only. Right on. um, and then, you know, might as well, since there's not much else going on, uh, the uh, super expensive Denver Film Society Film on the Rocks drive-in uh, startup uh, is... It's confusing because the website says final week through September, but they still w- list week eight, which is the first week of October, as having movies. So I'm guessing maybe they planned ahead and then they decided that attendance was low, so we'll just make September the final week anyway. Hmm. Um, but September 24th through 27th, they've got Talladega Nights, Scott Pilgrim, Back to the Future, and The Fifth Element. And if that's just a uh, website typo, uh, week eight will be the, the thing, Candyman, Ghostbusters, and Labyrinth. So, right on. Uh, like I said, expensive, sixty dollars per car. So, if you go by yourself, that sucks. <laughs> With uh, bend over and <laughs> at uh, yeah. the New York Film Festival this year, what they're doing for some drive-in stuff is they're like they're like they cost like sixty dollars a ticket to 
a screening for the New York Festival this year, and they have a drive-in, uh, and they have an option where you can rent a car, and that's how they're uh, justifying, like the car rental comes with the $60 or whatever, but that's how they're justifying charging that much, when usually a ticket for New York Festival is like 10, 15 bucks, and so. Wow. But that's Leave it to the art world to fucking charge, <laughs> charge the ass out of all of their consumers right now, and so. Wow. Cool. So yeah, that's what's going on around town. Yeah. Uh, we also explore the world of movies through movie news. It's real news. You know, there's actually not a lot going on this week. Um, Wonder Woman got moved again because Warner Brothers isn't releasing uh, their box office numbers for Tenant. And I guess uh, by doing that, they're kind of telling everybody it's not making money. But we don't know because they don't say. All they know is that they keep on moving um, dates for films. And I know I, um, I'll talk about Tenant more and what we've been watching. But as I was watching Tenant, I was thinking I would actually would have led like reopening movie theaters with Wonder Woman. And the one yeah. the. Be- the, and the reason why is because Wonder Woman is everybody knows who she is. People are excited for the movie and you're not going to have this divide amongst moviegoers. Uh, Cause I really, uh, there's a great article on variety this morning. I think it was variety um, where they talked about like the com, uh, uh, the com, uh, com, com score, sent <laughs> <laughs> a score um, for tenant was only a B and that's mm. because you're, you're, not that the film is poorly made, like so I'll talk about it more, but you're asking people to go see a $200 million movie that is, you know, like a thriller that's dealing with backwards and forwards. It's not as easily accessible Super as something like a Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, I just thought it was, as I was watching Ten, I was like, man, they should have really opened with Wonder Woman because it, that, like I just said, I think if Wonder Woman would have opened, people would have been more excited to come to theaters. And, um, you know, that's why everyone's like, is, you know, um, Black Widow going to keep its release date and all these other movies. And you've seen the fallout for some like Candyman got pushed to next year. Um, But also, too, I think um, the movie studios are doing a really big, big disservice to uh, movie theaters Mm -hmm. where, you know, they're not. If you look at everything now, except I saw a new Black Widow trailer today. But if you look at everything now, it's. Um, only in theaters, and they're not giving you a firm date. Yeah. They're not telling you exactly how much it's gonna, where it's gonna be at. And by uh, them not releasing, and I, it's a great article. They say that uh, they go to this website and they're able to pull the information hourly for how much money films are making, and that's how they do their projections now. And um, by them not releasing mm-hmm. it, um, they're kind of hurting not only the movie theaters, but the other studios are like, well, is this making money? Is it worth it to put this film out? And you can tell that no one knows. And it's, um, and I mean, I don't, you you guys can chime on it too. I just, I think they're doing a real big disservice to theaters because they might be doing it on purpose. Cause like it now with all the streaming services, uh, belonging to, you know, the studios, uh, I think they might be trying to drive people away from theaters. And that wouldn't surprise me either, but I was read another article where Mulan did 
okay. Yeah. It's something like 20, 20 something million, which I mean, I guess is good in one week for just, but again, you know, why would you, I, I, this is the model I hated with Mulan is you're going to force me to spend $30 or you can make me wait two months when it just shows up on Disney plus anyways. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's a good business model. And you're like backstabbing people that like to go to theaters, the theater goers. And if, if they would have said, because now, you know, tenants been out for, this is going into its third week this next week. If they would have said, hey, you know what? Mulan is for sure opening September 28th. And they started marketing it as it's showing up. Mm-hmm. Then I think you'd have something different. Because if you look at even Tenet's marketing, it's, uh, you know, they only decided maybe four or five days before Labor Day that they're like, yeah, we're going to put it in theaters that where you can have it. Um, and so I, I think they should really rally behind the theaters like they say they want to. Because right now they're not. Mm-hmm. It's all about... Um, like I said, I think they know, do because... You know, you have to split tickets revenue with the theater, whereas on streaming they get a hundred percent of it, of that thirty dollars. Yeah, no, and I get it, but I'm glad it uh, Mulan did okay because to me it's a big fuck you to everybody with Disney, and I I love Disney, but you're telling me you're actually spending more on Mulan because you have to have the subscription subscription service yeah. as well, yeah, like total. Yeah, it's like 40 bucks total, like, at the end of the day. And fucking, I watched Mulan this week, and I can tell you straight up, it is not worth 40 fucking dollars. And, And, you know, where a a business model like Mulan would work is if you're a family and you have, like, eight kids or four kids. But at the same time, I I have a hard time believing that, um, you know, all your four kids want to watch Mulan and... Um, I don't know. I, I don't like the business model. I think it's really deceptive and it's uh it's like a fuck you to people that, you know, yeah. depend on it. But anyways, that's my rant for the week as I was watching tenant and they moved wonder woman again. Mm-hmm. Well, didn't they just also un like undo the law that said theater that studios can't own theaters like yeah. recently. Yep. So I'm sure that yep. the studios are do want theaters go up in so they can open Amazon movies or fucking Disney Disney experience theaters and that so, might be the next play is you yeah. know bankrupt these theaters and then buy them up and then turn them into Disney theaters. Yeah. Yeah, who knows. Sucks. Um and yeah, it sucks hardcore. Um and really the only other piece of news I have it um is not I mean it's actually pretty cool if you're a Marvel fan is Jonathan Majors, who's really great in Lovecraft County, if you haven't watched it yet, um, has been cast as Kang the Conqueror for Ant-Man 3. Um, if you don't know who Kang the Conqueror is, he's, he's a dude who can travel through time and just fucks with the uh, Avengers throughout time. Well, the so, Avengers can travel through time, so they can fuck with them. So, back. yeah, I'm thinking there might be a fallout from them doing it, and I think Kang the Conqueror might be that. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's, it's kind of cool. Um, that he's showing up because he's a really complicated villain too to follow through continuity because he's always changing. You know, he has these things where he there's more than one of them because he he shows up in different timelines. Um, but he's a really cool villain. Um, I'm guessing he's not going to look like he looks like in the comics with uh, a big blue head and a purple helmet with a green tunic on. But hey, you mean, maybe you mean how they did uh, Apocalypse? <laughs> yeah. Oh, kind of like Apocalypse. Um, yeah, you know what's funny is, I, is I'm thinking about it. I'm pretty sure Apocalypse, uh, King the Conqueror, if I remember correctly, is also Egyptian, which is oh, a lot really? like, um, yeah, <laughs> Apocalypse. 
I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Um, I have only a few Kang uh, comic books, so I'm not as well-versed as him as a villain. Um, I do know he travels through time to fuck with people and change history, and there's multiple versions of him throughout time. That sounds like a good villain for an Ant-Man film, too, where it is more comical and you can kind of play with that, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, I I think it'll work out well. I mean, he's a cool villain, and with the Avengers, you know, you have to have a threat that can, you know, that can I match, mean, a guy who, you know. yeah, who can go through time and, you know, maybe wipe an Avenger off the face of the earth before he even has a chance to be an Avenger, yeah. you know, kind of like the Terminator and <laughs> John Connor. Yeah. I, th- I think, I think can work well and they got a good actor to do it too. So, mm-hmm. um, well, uh, hopefully see King. I don't know when, when is even Ant-Man three supposed to be officially Yeah, I was going to ask, do they have a release date for that yet? No, I, you know, I, because I'm pretty sure it's going, well, Black Widow, Eternals, then Spider-Man, then Thor, um, and then maybe they're going to fast-track Ant-Man because of uh, the unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. So so they'll maybe move Ant-Man instead of where uh, Black Panther 2 was supposed to be um, until they figure out Ant-Man. Oh, but I think Doctor Strange is in there somewhere, too. Yeah. Doctor Strange is in, like, the ones that they've officially announced the yeah. release dates for. Uh, the, the thing that I, the close thing I can find was an article from a couple days ago that says at some point in 2022 is when Ant-Man 3 will okay. come out. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's, that's news, guys, unless I missed anything. I think it's kind of a mellow week. Yeah. I, can think of I mean, the only really big news, too, is they're actually filming the Uncharted movie. And, you know, Tom Holland's been posting about it. So, you know, hell will freeze over when that movie actually sees a release date. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say this. This whole year is God saying we are not allowed to make an Uncharted fucking movie. <laughs> so <laughs> do whatever he can to stop that from happening. So it might be. It truly might be. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Cool. So Henry, you said you pulled up uh, our movie releases for next week, correct? I think I did. All uh, right. This is what's coming out on Blu-ray. DVD releases and Blu-rays. All right, so next week, there's the Steelbook of Top Gun. Nice. Uh, there's Mr. Jealousy, which if no one's heard of that, that's an, a really early uh, film from the director of Marriage Story. So if you want to look more into him, that's one that you can look into. Um, and that's about it. That's all. I can, unless I'm looking at the wrong thing, then that's all I can really find. You're on Digital Bits. Uh, I'm on Digital Bits, yeah. Uh, so digital bits uh, sometimes doesn't post things, but uh, I have more if uh, Brad, if you don't have it up. I do. Okay, go uh, ahead. There's a steel book of the 21 and 22 Jump Street movies uh, coming out. Uh, Outlander Ultra 4K. Ultra 4K, yeah. Uh, Outlander season five. Uh, I, was looking at the wrong, I was looking at the wrong page. I'm sorry. I was looking at future, not the one that I found the one you're looking at. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, do you want to continue or? No, I'm sorry. I, just, yeah. I needed to explain myself so I didn't seem as pathetic. Uh, Vestron Video <laughs> has uh, two new releases: uh, Little Monsters with Fred Savage and Howie Mandel. And that's one of those. Front... Go ahead. So, sorry, Little Monsters is one of those movies that everybody thinks is good, and it's a piece of shit. Yeah, I watched it. I think two years ago, last year, and I was like, "Oh, this is a fun little thing from the late '80s, early '90s." And no, it is not. <laughs> It just sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and then the the other restaurant is David Cronenberg's Shivers. Hmm. I've never seen that one. I do like the cover, though. Yeah, there's a girl in a bathtub with her head laying over the side, and there's like I think some uh, like leeches or something. Leeches, yeah. Being terrified is just the beginning. Oh. Uh, Battlefield <laughs> Earth is on Blu-ray. Uh, Finally, not sure who was asking for that. Jerry, Jeremy Renner's uh, turn as Jeffrey Dahmer has a collector's edition Blu-ray. That's an okay mo- uh, movie. Uh, there's an Arrow release of something called Jesus Shows You the Way to the Highway. Welcome to... And he's Psycho not Park. picking up hitchhikers. <laughs> uh, there's a Blu-ray release of The Two Jakes, the sequel to Chinatown, which I saw once. Is it Roman Polanski? Uh, no, it's directed by Jack Nicholson, starring yeah, Jack yeah. Nicholson. All right, good. I don't know if you've, I've ever said this, but fuck Roman Polanski. What? What's, what's your you know beef what? with him? Uh, I will oh, say... well, let me tell you some Hollywood history, Brad. <laughs> Please don't. I will. I will say that no matter what Two Jakes is, it's better than Chinatown <laughs> for one reason and one reason alone. And so... The, yep. uh, there's like an analogy like... Chinatown's about water and like the two Jakes is about oil. Hmm. No, I've not seen two Jakes, so I couldn't tell you. I just know that it's better than Chinatown. Yeah, it's like a, <laughs> so. an oil rig deal or something that doesn't go great. I don't know. No. I saw it like 20 years ago. When I worked at Hollywood Video and I could get rentals for free. Nice. nice. Uh, the Phantom with uh, Billy Zane has a Blu-ray. Yeah, you tell uh, him Billy Zane. Vampire in Brooklyn. A lot of catalog titles coming out. Um, there's a bunch of uh, stuff that Zach would like. Spawn of the North, Disputed Passage, yeah. The Ghostbreakers, <laughs> The Cat in the Canary. I don't know what these are. They just have old old poster art on them, and they look like they're up Zach's alley. The one week he's not on the podcast. Yep. So that's how it works. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of the big stuff. There's a criterion of Beau Travail. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I will say as the, as the resident pretentious one, uh, I'm not a, it's, it's, it's a super well-loved movie within the art house community. I'm not super into it. The best part of that movie is the fucking cover for the Criterion right now. It's just a really well-designed cover. Uh, I was honestly thinking about buying it solely for the cover, (laughs) but, uh, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone who listens to this show unless you're like me and pretentious. Um, and then the other one I would mention that you didn't mention is Weathering With You, the Blu-ray, uh, is uh, an anime film from the director who made uh, Your Name a couple years ago, which I really, really loved. Yeah, Corinne uh, was saying a bunch about it on the show. Yeah, and so that's the new, that's the Blu-ray of that, so I'd recommend that as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's more catalog stuff, Def- Defcon 4, uh, The King and I, the animated one from the 90s. Um, uh, I missed it. Uh, Arrow. There's another Arrow. Alice, sweet Alice. I don't know if it, it feels like the ones at the bottom are also re-releases. Uh, Ten Thirty One Part Two, which is a horror anthology thing, mm. is coming out. Uh, yeah. Um, the one thing that um, Digital Bits doesn't show is the Best Buy exclusive Steelbooks. Um, one that I don't know if I'm going to get. It. I might get it to surprise my wife. But Hocus Pocus is coming out on 4K, and the Steelbook's kind of cool at um, Best Buy. 
Um, also, I actually have, for some reason, I got an update from Amazon saying I'm getting it today, but uh, Roman Holiday is part of Paramount's Presents. Makes its Blu-ray debut. Oh, yeah, I missed that. Um, uh, which is Audrey Hepburn won a, an Academy Award for that. Um, and there's also a Nightmare on Elm Street still book. And I think you got everything else. Cool. Um, speaking of Best Buy, there is um, in two weeks, uh, the 29th, the Evil Dead 1 and 2 Steelbook and the Mad Max Fury Road 4K for both of those. It's coming out, so. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to buy it. I probably will. Who am I kidding? But I mean, I just got the 4Ks <laughs> and it's just repackaged, but you know, I can't help myself. I love you and nobody else. Um, I have to get them because my, uh, like, um, like my Necronomicon versions are just cracking and falling apart. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mine are too. I don't even open them anymore. I actually put them away. Because, like when you open it, uh, the spine on them just would just disintegrate. Yeah, and all the cotton falls out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Did not cool. think that one We through. also, no, but it still looks cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also watch movies throughout the week in a segment I call What We've Been Watching. Henry, what have you been watching? You know, I also want to say, too, I think this is the first time it's been the combination of you, Brad, and myself on so. uh, Real Nerds yeah. Podcast. Oh, that, the best yeah. team. Yeah. That's right. They kept us uh, away for too long. Exactly. The this is all conspiracy theory. The A-teams are reserved for special occasions. Well, of course. <laughs> New Mutants is probably the film of the year. And so we needed yeah, to get probably. the... Like, Those fools for not being on this episode. <laughs> they don't know what they're missing. So yep. <laughs> I, I quickly brought up the uh, the stats sheet, and right away, uh, the the Martian episode has you, me, and Henry. Oh shit! All right, there we go. Oh. <laughs> so, well, that uh, that was a good movie. So, yeah. I think I think if I remember, I think that movie was also part. I want to say that movie was partnered with Sicario, even. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, good episode. Listen, I I can remember certain things, but I'm an idiot in every other regard. And so, <laughs> it's fine. I, I've been on almost every episode, and, like, you're, you're in Zach's memory of actually what is contained in those episodes. It's pretty impressive. Well, don't worry. It's because yep. Zach and I are fucking losers. And so, like... <laughs> you have younger brains that aren't deteriorating. Yeah, that's it. We'll just do that. <laughs> so... Yep. Uh, what's my turn? Yes. All right, cool. What I've been watching is uh, my girlfriend and I wanted to watch uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman film, and neither of us had seen Twenty One Birds, so we decided to check that one out. Uh, and we both liked it. Uh, I think uh, it reminded me a lot of like that, like classic kind of New York cop kind of action mystery kind of film that you would see in like the '90s and the '80s and that kind of thing. But it was a lot. It was it was a lot better and a lot more fun than I was expecting it to be. And so I'd recommend that if people have not seen it already. Is that uh, streaming I, somewhere, Henry? Streaming somewhere. It surely is it, was. Okay. Why, I don't, there, we wouldn't it? have bought it. We didn't. No, we didn't okay. do that. We we streamed <laughs> it. I'm sure from somewhere. Um, but uh, beyond that, I also uh, watched as the presidential pretentious person. Uh, Nerd. We, yeah. Hi. Um, we watched it on a Showtime anytime. Uh, Twenty One Bridges, by the way. Uh. But I'm, I watched. I'm thinking of ending things, uh, so that way you didn't have. No, to. Henry, don't do it. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but uh, life. 
I will. I will. Um, but if you're interested in art house type stuff, I really enjoyed I'm Thinking of Ending Things, but it is a film that I will fully admit that when the film ended, I understood basically none of it. I, I picked up on a couple of the hints that the director was dropping, but I had to read like a long analysis of it to fully understand it. Uh, but if you're into that kind of stuff, I think it is a very well done film. I like it. I think it's, I like it more than the director's other basically incomprehensible work. And so this, yeah, I like that one a fair amount. Uh, the rental, uh, which is Dave Franco's directorial debut, which is a horror esque hmm. thriller. It stars like Dan Stevens, uh, Alison Brie, uh, the guy who plays. Wait, how did he get Alison Brie? I know uh, it was a big her. get for him. Uh, <laughs> he must've like, I don't know, offered, I don't know. But anyway, or something, right? probably points. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, it's interesting because the rental is harmless for the most part, I will say. There's nothing really particularly wrong with it. Have either of you seen it? Nope. No. Yeah. I was curious. It's, it's not, it's harmless, I would say. Like, there's nothing really great about, the, the premise of it is that these two couples uh, go to a, like, Airbnb. They go to an Airbnb just to get away for, for like, a weekend. And, uh, like, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's, like, there's just a lot of, it's one of those things where in a very, like, in a very bad things or that kind of thing where things just go off the rails, but they, but many things go off the rails. And that's kind of the thrill and horror of it kind of thing. Uh, everyone in it's good. And I think that everything's, everything in it is fine. Like nothing super impressed me, but nothing was bad either. I will say, I think it's a very good thing. The only thing I, I thought of while watching is that it's a, it's a horror film made, made by rich, rich people and was made using all his rich friends and that kind of thing. So I feel a lot less likely to recommend it because it's like, well, why was this made then? Why, why did you feel like you had to make this horror film, Dave Franco? I'd much rather recommend a film from a, less, a, a more independent and less well-known filmmaker. And that's kind of just my thoughts on it. And also, like, the, the ending is kind of awful. Like, there, there, it, there's just not, it's very, it doesn't really lack, it lacks a lot of substance, I would say. But, I mean... If if it, if it ends up on like a stream, if it ends up on Netflix or Amazon, which I'm sure it will at some point, it's not a bad. It's not bad. So if you're if you're looking for that kind of thing, then I think this it's it's inoffensive, but it's I, I you wouldn't write home about it. I think. Uh, I watched a lot of foreign films that no one gives a shit about, uh, but one that I will mention hey. that I think uh, hey. that. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about oh, like, okay. pretentious art house Criterion shit that no one that literally no one should <laughs> likes that kind of thing. <laughs> Um, but what I will say I did see that I did enjoy is uh, Joint Security Area is a Korean film that is made by the same guy who made Old Boy uh, and I really enjoyed it it's a whodunit film where a Swiss agent is brought to Korea uh, because in the middle of a night a South Korean guard like limped over the border to from North Korea into South Korea a South Korean guard did that and so the Geneva, and so the the Swiss the Swiss investigator comes in and basically to figure out how did this happen? How did a South Korean guard end up in North Korea? How did he get injured where he had to limp across? And what were the events that had happened? It's, it's a whodunit, but like with that scenario, a whodunit revolving around the border issue of North and South Korea. 
it's really it's really fascinating. It's really interesting. Uh, the guy who plays the dad in Parasite is in it as one of the North Korean guards. Uh, but oh, I highly cool. recommend that. It's a really, it's a, it really, I liked it a lot. It's on Mubi, which I know no one has. But if, if you happen to get a free trial to Mubi, it was, I, that's how I saw it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, yeah, I mean, that's about, that's basically everything I watched. I didn't really watch anything really notable. Uh, I'm continuing with my YouTube film history channel, uh, Chewing the Scenery, if you have not been watching, audience. Uh, and I recently, uh, the episode that'll be coming up soon is on safari films of like the early thirties, 1930s. And so I watched a couple of 1930s films to like get prepared for that. But uh, beyond that, that's basically all I watched. Uh, yeah. And so. Cool. Uh, Brad. Uh, yeah. I watched a few things. I uh, saw a tenant again. Uh, I saw it in IMAX this time around and it is certainly less confusing the second time. Uh, less to follow because you've already obviously learned uh, what's going on. So, um, and you can hear things better because you already know what, where things are going. So I enjoyed it more. Um, it's definitely a, a blockbuster uh, that pulls on your brain. So uh, definitely see an IMAX if you can. And then I don't know if you had the same issue. My girlfriend and I went and saw Tenet and I don't know if it was just our theater, if it was all here, but it was so, not like even dialogue, like it couldn't, not like the thing that everyone's talking about. It was so loud that my girlfriend had to cover her ears at times. Was that an issue with, that you've had with your two theater experiences? Like, is it that, like the sound decibel level that I was hearing was like that of like a concert. Uh, did you have that experience as well? Or is that just my theater? Uh, I didn't have that experience, but I've heard other people like Corinne said she did have that. Okay. So, okay. I guess all the theaters. Uh... Well, they. I mean, yeah. I mean, like my professors who are sound mixer, like post sound mixers, have told me that like the curse of being a sound mixer and a post sound mixer specifically is that you can make it as perfect as you want, but if someone from the audience in the theater goes to the manager of the theater and says it's too quiet or it's too loud, they'll just up it by a decibel each time, and then they won't move it since then. And so, like, if you go to a seven o'clock showing and every showing before has been saying it's too quiet, then it's going to be so goddamn loud by seven that it's going to be insane. And so it makes sense that this probably isn't the film's fault. It's the theaters. It's each theater no, individual. I, th- I think it's actually, the, it's part of the film because, uh, you know, the, I think it's to emphasize the score that. Yeah. Because I, d- I never thought like the dialogue was too loud, but I mean, you could definitely, when I saw, you could definitely feel the, the bass when yeah. anytime they did the, the score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, Nolan said something about, or his sound designer said that um, he wants you to feel like the, you know, not be able to hear things and like, he wants the action to be so chaotic that you feel that. I remember that. Like, like with you're really Dunkirk. there. Yeah. Like I remember with Dunkirk, what he said for that film was that, he wanted the audience to be in the same shoes as the soldiers where they probably couldn't hear anything either. Yeah. And so, but he just rolled that over into it as well. Uh, then at home I watched, uh, a movie called space camp. Has anyone seen space camp, but me wait, is that it has, um, Kate Capshaw, Leah Thompson, uh, a, a a leaf phoenix before he became Joaquin Phoenix. Oh my god. <laughs> uh shoot who else? 
Uh, Tate Donovan. Um, it's called Space Camp. Space Camp. It's from 1986. And oh my god. Oh yeah, and Kelly Preston. That was the other one. Man. And and briefly Tom Skerritt. Uh, so anyway, uh, Kate Capshaw is a woman who wants to do a spacewalk, and uh, instead her supervisor Tom Skerritt keeps passing her over for men to do the spacewalk and she gets to do space camp instead as a counselor. And so Leah Thompson, Tate Donovan, Lee Phoenix, like just a bunch of different people, different ages, uh, you know, do camp, but for NASA <laughs> and uh, Lee Phoenix has a little robot. God, I forget his name already. It's basically a BB eight with spider legs. Oh. And, uh, it's somehow more terrifying now. <laughs> yeah. And he's a super advanced robot. Like, I don't think that we would have in reality, but it, it's, it makes for some great cinema. Um, and I guess some of the, the training sessions don't go well. And little Lee Phoenix's feelings are hurt. Uh, like some of the other counselors bully him because he won't like show people the robot. Uh, so the robot hacks into the NASA control system. And then while they're doing a test flight in the shuttle that's already prepped with fuel and ready to launch, uh, the robot launches them into space. And so Kate Capshaw and her little team of everybody else has to figure out how to survive uh, and get back to Earth because uh, they're not supposed to be a real team in space. Did you watch this because they're making a how did this get made about this or anything like that? Oh, I hope they are. Cause I was going to say, this sounds ridiculous. Like, so like, yeah, like it actually sounds amazing, but no, it, it does, but it sounds but ridiculous. Watching it, it's like, really boring. Like, Oh, that's a bummer. It's not a, the whole thing of them getting launched into space. I think happens halfway through mm. and you're not expecting it. Um, like the first half of it just seems like a recruitment ad for NASA. Um, and you're just hearing about how Leah Thompson and Kate Capshaw want to be women in the, in the space program. Um, and what women yeah. aren't allowed, except they are, but they're just not getting to do the, 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 the spacewalks. And so luckily, uh, once they're trying to survive in space, you know, uh, Kate Capshaw has to be the one to go outside the shuttle. So she finally gets to do her spacewalk to collect the, whatever thing from the space station that they have to dock with. Um, and the, the mat effects are really terrible in the cockpits. Like the, uh, I like, think about that. Yeah. So all the, the star fields or whatever shot going through the windows. Yeah. You know, don't trace around people's heads so well. Yeah. Um, but I, I watched it because it was like on sale, uh, on some website that sells like, mm. uh, shot factory stuff. Mm. Uh, I think actually, I think it's a Kino, possibly, but it was cool. I saw it like as a VHS once. I was like, oh, I want to watch that sometime. So I watched it, and yeah, it's just not the fun space thing that I was hoping for. It's really mm -hmm. silly. Like, there's no way this these people would be in space. Like the fact that they even put them on a, a like a tra training mission, like on a fully fueled uh, rocket. That that. Uh, sentient robot can override just yeah 
Well, it's like, how do you even explain the plot uh, is that the camp counselors are bullying one of, I presume, the campers. And no, it's, the, it's the campers. Well, one of the counselors is, I guess Kate Capshaw is the only counselor, but she's also like the same age as two of the other students. Yeah. Uh, maybe like five years older. But well, like, like the, plot else... re- the plot, regardless, is that like whoever's in charge bullies one of the campers because he won't show them a robot, and then the robot attempts <laughs> to brutally kill them. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but he also sends the kid up into space too. So yeah, he's not really helping that kid out. So a nihilist robot kills his friend and his enemies, and so. <laughs> Very cautionary uh, tale. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Then the other thing I watched was uh, I, I did a free trial, trial of Hulu, so I've been watching What We Do in the Shadows, the TV series. It's a funny show. Yeah, I watched the th- first three episodes on the plane, I think like a year ago, um, because I was, I was on Hulu and FX. I couldn't you know, finish it right away. So now I did. I've watched uh, all two seasons of it that are on there, and uh, it has some down parts but for the most part it's just kind of like it's such a like a quietly like pay attention to the background type show humor Mm -hmm. that makes sense um i i the funniest part i think is how they deliver the f word (laughs) casually um it's not censored it's there's some there's some sweetness to the way that they deliver in the show it's just it's, it's like chef's kiss yeah um and there's like a lot of different guest stars. Like Mark Hamill is on there is a, a vampire with a grudge against Laszlo. Um, and I, I like how they do, a, you know, they didn't do the, the characters from the movie. They made yeah. up new ones, but it's the same dynamic where they have a, a familiar and he's disgruntled because the vampires won't turn him into a vampire. And he's been doing it for like 10 years. And so he's slowly like watching these buffoons, these vampire buffoons, just like, great on his nerves but they do bring in uh like uh jermaine clement and taika waititi as the vampires in the show but they're part of like the larger council so it's like this show is just watching like a different house from the movie it sounds like it's a good job i haven't seen it it just it sounds like i've seen like i think the first two episodes or so that's about it and i remember thinking i really like the energy vampire the whole sucking just from boredom i think is a hilarious concept that's the most brilliant idea and he gets a lot more yeah plot lines so it's it's not just like a background thing well it sounds like what it was smart that they like kept it close enough that you can tell that it's what we do in the shadows but it's different enough to have its own kind of voice yeah it really expands Uh, on it well yeah maintaining like what you liked about the movie so Mm -hmm. And yeah, the whole energy vampire thing is just like so brilliantly clever. Mm-hmm. Um, like when I first watched the Freeze episodes, I was like, oh, that's just like a, you know, it's just he's explaining away like he's so boring. But the fact that he does have powers yeah. for real is just like, <laughs> that's so much better. Um, like every scene he's in, he's just like wearing everybody down <laughs> and enjoying it. Like at one point, he becomes like an internet, internet troll mm-hmm. and he like, he just it's like it's like pure energy to him because it's like the purest form of <laughs> uh energy siphoning so because people just go on on and on and on in comment threads it's great yeah uh 
yeah, so I think that's it. I've been rewatching Mr. Show. I've talked about that before. Nice. I wish there was more Mr. Show. Oh, I <laughs> so I watched with Bob and David, and I was like, huh, there's only a. Uh, uh, three episodes on here and then the behind the scenes episode and I remembered they pulled the one that has the black face in it oh, did oh. They really? so yeah I have less I'm like just pull the sketch like re-edit yeah. it like don't delete all those other brilliant parts of the episode so yeah, it's, yeah. there's less Mr. Show in our world right now because I can't buy it on Blu-ray either because <laughs> it's oh, Netflix oh, yeah you're right mm. I guess they only put Daredevil and uh, Orange is the New Black and House of the Cards on Blu-ray, I guess. Yeah, and that, or Criterion buys it, and I, I hate to break it to you, I don't see the Criterion folks making a release of this. So. <laughs> yeah, you have to bootleg this one. Ryan, what'd you watch? Uh, you know, I've been so I worked so many hours this week. I haven't watched too much, um, but I watched. Uh, I got a Carol Lombard collection from Kino Lorber. Um, they did a lot, uh, three of her early films. Hang on a sec. Uh, what'd you say? Kino Lorber. Oh my God. You said it right. Oh, <laughs> I was like, Oh, <laughs> I, I forgot what it sounds like when someone actually pronounces it right. <laughs> um, so they, uh, they've been, uh, they released it in a three uh, disc set. And one of her early films is called fast and loose. Um, it's you know there's a lot of movies I don't know how many of you how many films you guys have watched from the 30s but there's a lot of films from the 30s that always say that you know the rich people aren't happy because they have money and it's the poor people that are happy because they're showing them love um, there's a quite a bit of films like that because I mean it's during the the depression and um, things they like make, that so they fast make, they want to make poor people feel good about the depression yeah pretty much <laughs> um, so. It, in Fast and Loose is a story of two spoiled um, rich kids. Uh, one is she's like, uh, she's supposed to be engaged and marry, you know, some count. And she doesn't want to. And then uh, one day when she's driving home, she finds a guy swimming there. And he's, you know, he's a hunk. So they're out swimming. But then she finds out he's a mechanic. So she can't marry a mechanic. She's rich. Um, this is not Carol Lombard, by the way. It's uh, her name's Miriam. Uh, fuck, what's her name? Uh, Miriam Fox. What's her name? <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, so she fa- falls in love with um, Miriam Hopkins. She falls in love with you know a mechanic, and she doesn't care that he doesn't have money. Okay, her heart wants the mechanic. But her father and her mother aren't going to stand by while she marries some mechanic. Um, and then the the brother, uh, I think his name's Henry. Oh, hey. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, his name's Henry. Uh, man, I remember that. That's pretty good. Um, he uh, he's a drunkard, and um, Carol Lombard. I forget her profession in the film, but. Uh, she's in love with him unless he's drunk. Oh, she's a chorus girl. I'm sorry. Mm. She's a chorus girl. So she doesn't have money either, but he's a drunk. And um, yeah, so the movie plays out, you know, eventually because it's a 1930s Hollywood movie too. There's a happy ending, Um, but it's, uh, it's okay. It's, um, it's, you know, it's a 1930s film. That's okay. 
Um, not great, not horrible. Um, I also uh, watched Tenet uh, this week. Um, and that movie is, I, I mentioned it in the, earlier in the show, it's good. Um, I had fun watching it. Uh, some of the set pieces are incredible. Um, I don't know if it was the right film to start the summer with, or I guess restart movies with, um, because it's kind of a mind fuck. And you have to kind of, uh, Brad said he saw it twice. I haven't seen it twice yet, but I'm sure if I see it again, then it, I'll be set up better for it, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's so cerebral, ahead, like it's so cerebral yeah. that it's a lot to ask of, you know, we obviously know a lot of the country's dumb. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, about 63 asking, million of them asking a bunch of stressed out people to think, you know, when they just want to escape is yeah. Yeah. A lot to ask. Yeah. So yeah. So um, yeah. So it was, it was, uh, it was fun. Um, you know, it's. I thought it was interesting too the the choice uh, that they made for the lead character, the protagonist played by John David Washington. He he doesn't let you into the world. You know what I mean. So you can't really live uh, through his eyes because a lot of times his dialogue is just we're gonna bungee jump or you know not very um, deep. And then it's only towards the end um, where Robert Pattinson reveals the the big climax of how he ended up there that um, you kind of understand uh, why his character is that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's good. I, uh, uh, what's the lady in it? She's really good. Elizabeth. I forget her. Yeah, Elizabeth. Tepet. She's really good. Yeah. Uh, in this film, um, and so is Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh is great. Um, Terrifying. I guess everybody, um, yeah, yeah, everybody in the cast is really great. It's really well made. Um, there's some really spectacular things going on in it. The, the car chase backwards, um, stuff like that is just incredible. Um, so yeah, I mean, I recommend seeing it. Uh, definitely. I mean, if you see it in a theater, you're definitely going to get your eardrums blown out, but it's really nice to see it on a big screen. I mean, and I will also say that, like, even though it is that loud, I did enjoy it because it's so... I've yeah. never seen a film that loud, like, at a theater yeah. before. And so it's a very unique experience, to say the least. And so, it, is. it is. You know, it's just like Tom Cruise said, you know, go see it on a big screen. I think you should. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I will say, when I went and saw Tenet, I think there was, um, like, five or six people in my theater. And today I went and saw The New Mutants at 1140, <laughs> The Mills. And there's like five or six people in that theater. So I think people might slowly start becoming, start coming back more. Um, when I was checking so for uh, showtimes for my IMAX uh, uh, tenant, uh, it was over a course of a few days because I kept seeing like, oh, there's too many people here. So I'll, I'll wait uh, and wait. You know, uh, there's yeah. like, I think what, uh, there's like 20 people when I was there. So it is the yeah. IMAX version, which is the one people know is the best version of it. So yeah. that's expected, but yeah. Um, and the only other thing I watched this week, uh, I did spoil it on Twitter. Uh, I am. So I'm working on like five articles right now. Cause it keeps me busy. Um, and, and my new one is uh, I have to do a setup. I was out with uh, my wife uh, two weeks ago and we were at Walmart picking up dog food and something else. I don't remember. We passed dog food for your section. son. Jeez. Yep, we keep him. We keep him <laughs> chained up. Fucking hills have eye style. Um, Jesus. And uh, 
as we were pa- passing the movie section for twenty seven ninety nine was the complete Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon series. Oh, I knew it. Uh, so uh, so I grabbed it and I uh, I own them all. I was like, I want that deal. I know, I know. Can you like twenty seven bucks? I think it's something like twenty hours of cartoons. I'm not even joking. It's over a hundred episodes. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, um, I don't really pay attention to or really follow mutant turtles like at all. And I'd be like, that's a fucking steal. Like, I'll take that any day. So it is. The only bummer is, Brad, do you have it where it's all in one package, or is yours spaced out? Mine is each individual season in its own release. That's the only bummer. Is so it's something like twenty four or twenty six discs, Fuck. and it's in one like really big clamshell. And the oh, way weird. they slide in is, yeah, I mean, they're, they're all like um, locked in, but the way you get to them is kind of weird. Um, but anyways, uh, so look for that. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. Um, I'll think but I've watched the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You give me a name. Um, and Are if you we wanna, not tagged you know, in the series? I mean, you can. If you, I was going to say it'd be fun if I write my review and then you kind of do a rebuttal. I could send it to you <laughs> and then you can fill in what you want to fill in. Ryan is um, so wrong about this. Do, do, do. <laughs> uh, watching it again, because I mean, I did. I loved the show when I was a kid. Um, the you know, the first couple episodes are kind of rough. Um, really? Well, you're already wrong. They're they're, <laughs> they're still fun. <laughs> um, I, I don't remember April O'Neil being so voluptuous. <laughs> as a kid um, dude it's and, gross. Uh, like if you follow like turtles instagram and twitter like ugh, some dudes like i always seen her as like a platonic friend but yeah <laughs> some dudes like really sexualize her it's kind of gross they're, they're shape of the watering her <laughs> um <laughs> but there is still lots of fun to be had um you know they're just I, by rough i mean like the animation you can tell is on the cheap. Um, they're missing some frames and uh, I still love the character of shredder. I think he's really cool. Um, I think the reveal of Kang is really cool. Um, Krang. Krang, sorry. Um, and yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, there's just some things I said, why does shredder have cameras all over the city? Is that a thing from the comics? Uh, no, <laughs> not not the Mirage yeah, comics. So, it, it might so be the Archie series. So that stuff's a little dorky, but what's really cool is the violence is awesome because all the foot soldiers are robots. So they're definitely chopping them in half, like ripping their heads off. Um, so that's fun. And uh, it's kind of cool. I haven't seen this cartoon in so long. Um, is hearing the voices again that I grew up with uh, being the Ninja Turtles. So that, that was a lot of fun to uh, explore again. And I'll put up the first article pretty soon because uh, the first season is only six episodes. So um, I'll have the first season um, wrapped up really soon. It's interesting you um, think the, the first season is so rough. Is I would actually argue that's the best uh, season is those first handful of episodes. Like everything else after that is just silly and... Like, well, I'm, I mean, as so much as like production value, I know I think the story's fine. Oh no, it, um, production value too. Like, the, like they'll switch masks and voices <laughs> oh, as I, it goes on. I don't, re- I don't remember, but we're we're fixing to find out. 
Yeah, I was I was going through IMDb and I was looking at all the seasons, and I think it's season eight or nine where there's some episodes that are rated like three point four, um, and then it's season ten. The last one I think starts getting a little higher ratings on IMDb. Um, it's really fascinating. But I mean, I'm I'm excited to watch it. I even watching the first season, I remember those moments growing up. Um, so I, I'm excited to see when they start getting you know more of the other mutants like uh, Leatherhead and stuff in there that I always loved Leatherhead. So yeah, um, we'll see if I still have love them after I watch it again. Season nine um, and 10, they start to go dark. Like uh, the Batman, the animated series, they even have like a, it's called the red, so- red sky seasons. So uh, they're definitely- well, I was going to say I'm on the Wikipedia page for it right now. And under genre, it says comedy seasons one through seven and drama seasons one, eight to 10. So- <laughs> oh yeah. They also get like, mutation powers in the, so they can mutate into different animals at will um, huh. <laughs> yeah it's it, yeah um right, well, also also I, like um the first season's great because like you said you know they they actually use their weapons on the foot soldiers i think pretty much two season two or three onward uh you know parents wrote in and wanted less violence mm. so um, well, yeah, I mean, the first couple episodes are pretty violent. It's awesome. Yeah. Th- that that first whole season is just, it's great. Like, later on, Michelangelo doesn't even have nunchucks anymore. He just uses a grappling hook on everything. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's okay. I will say that 27 well, you know, $28 for, like, 20 hours of uh, content is incredible. So, yeah. so, yeah, and it comes with all the bonus discs, too. So that's kind of cool. A lot of times when they repackage that stuff they keep the bonuses off of it. So I'm excited. And that's what I watched this week. This week on real nerds podcast, we saw the new mutants, Brad, should people see the new mutants? You know, when things like a malign film come along, um, I really, really hope for the best that maybe people are overreacting to how, how bad something is um, to get pushed around so much. Uh, this I wouldn't say this movie is terrible. I just think the script is really at the end of the day. I think the dialogue is awful. I think the actors don't really know what to do with it in a lot of times. So they come across as bad actors. So uh, story wise, like the or effects wise, it's great. Um, it's on par with it, but it's really just kind of like any premium episode of a TV show released as a movie so you know it's like a stranger things episode but in theaters henry uh yeah going off of what brad said i did some research afterwards and this is this film back when it was initially pitched in fucking the 1700s it feels was pitched (laughs) as like the first film of like a trilogy or something like that uh, so this is going to be part one of a trilogy or whatever, and of a trilogy that's no longer going to happen. And I will say it's, you can tell like it, it, it does feel exactly like that, where it feels like just the, the pilot of like, if fucking Netflix made an X-Men TV show or something like that. Uh, I don't really have, I think even I liked it more than you, I think it might be that it was my first film back in theaters after so long. So I had the magic there uh but uh i had i i'm 
I'm more excusing to some of the stuff, but I will fully admit that there's not a lot of good in this film. It, it, but it's what a whimper of a way to end the X Men franchise. So, but anyway, that's what I thought of it. Uh, I think I'm in the same boat as both of you. I, I I don't think it was a total disaster, but there's also not a lot of redeeming qualities to it. Um, I mean, I, I like that they have a lot of Buffy references. Does, does that count? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, I read an interview with a director and he said, it's probably the most hardcore PG 13 movie. And I said, no way. Yeah, no, no way. way. It seemed, it seemed really neutered. Unless you and, talk about how many shower scenes there are with teens. Yeah. Besides like the <laughs> yeah. kind of incessant, like shower scenes inside boob in the film, then how yeah. like, um, but yeah, it's it's not horrible. It's not great. It kind of is just there. Um, here's the trailer for the new mutants. What's the last thing you remember, Danny? He said we had to run. The reason you survived is because you're a very uncommon girl. You're not alone. Not anymore. Do you know what mutants are? Would anyone like to share their first time? Rain? I was 13. I thought it was a dream. I just lost control. Sam? I started panicking. People got hurt. Roberto? My girlfriend had burned hair. Liliana? I killed 18 men. One by one. This isn't a hospital. It's a cage. It's important we find out your power so we can help you get better. I saw something. I don't think she wanted me to see. I don't think we're here to get better. This place takes your greatest fear and makes you live through it. Until it kills you. He's there. We can get out of this together. The story for the new mutants is when people discover their power, they're taken to some hospital until they can learn how to use their powers properly. And then when they lose their use their powers properly, where they won't hurt themselves or anybody else, then they're supposedly sent free. Um, and that's where we meet our cast of misfits. And there's only five kids in this whole hospital, I guess. Um, it, One of my just... favorite parts of this film is in the beginning when, 
uh, Game of Thrones girl is giving the main character like the rundown of where they are. And they're talking so rudely about the kid from Stranger Things when they're right yeah. next to him. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. so, like... And, you know, the, there's like some ideas here that are really interesting, but it, it just doesn't work. You know, the, um, you know, I like the idea because Cannonball is such a like lame character, even in comics. But I like the idea that he couldn't control his power, so he killed all the people in the mine. And that's why he's there. Um but, you know, the, the main character, Moonstone, oh, sorry, Danielle Moonstone, um, like her at the end where she's fighting the demon bear, it, going back to bad dialogue, you know, there's, they're setting up this big thing with her coming out of this coma, I guess, that she was put in. And, uh, and she stands up and she says, no, stop, <laughs> no. Bad bear, no. Even, yeah, and I don't know, when you were watching, maybe I was just, I don't know, it didn't seem like she had any force behind it. Like, she did not believe what she was saying in the movie. Absolutely. Well, fair, I mean, how do you deliver the line, no, <laughs> in a I, way that, like, so. I agree, I agree, because it's stupid. And so I think the actress is saying, okay, I guess I'll just say, no. I guess it's supposed to be, like, a confident choice in her delivery but i didn't get it <laughs> also uh her whole dream sequence at the beginning of the movie like mm-hmm. you know it's supposed to be a, a mystery but right away i'm just like you know she spends the rest of trying to figure out like what her power is and as an x-man fan i'm like i, I haven't read the new mutants books at all but i can still tell from the first scene that like oh yeah she has the power of like conjuring dreams and annihilating everyone around her. So for the rest of the movie, I'm just not, there's no mystery that I'm waiting for. I'm just rolling my eyes at everyone not seeing that. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I I agree. And in the comics, uh, Moonstone, or um, I forget her original name, but anyways, she can like pull energy bow and arrows and stuff out and things like that. That's a cool power. The power to exploit people's fears is not that, fun it's not yeah. cinematic at least yeah i don't know if they're trying to do a freddy krueger thing I, I don't know um but there, i mean there's some parts that are okay i mean I, I think it's shot really well um but it's acted poorly <laughs> well it's like every single character in this film has an accent that's not their accent that's not the actual performer's accent yeah for basically no reason like it's yeah. it's all it's like I remember what I, like my girlfriend did not like any of the accent work in the entire film. And I remember I told her my opinion of it is that it's just so everything is like, if this was a CW show, that's what I expect. All the accents are good enough for me to notice that you are trying to do an accent and it's not <laughs> offensively bad. <laughs> like, and so it was just, it's so stereotypical. Like it's so Kentucky. And it's so Scotland or wherever she's from. And it's so Russian. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know. And too, like, the, so Magic or Ilya, she can just teleport. Why don't you just teleport out of the fucking place? Yeah. <laughs> also, they're, they're thwarted by this force field around the, the campus. And there's that one scene where she attacks uh, Danny in the hospital. And then the, the, the nurse 
comes up and throws like her own force field out signaling that she's the one who creates the force field around the campus but none of the other kids put that together yeah i know and these mutants are these kids are so strong they should have just killed her anyways yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know (sighs) Uh, i mean i think it's cool that that danny can conjure that huge bear that would be like my weapon all the time because nobody can beat it so it's like hey i'm gonna create this 50 foot tall bear to eat everybody and then they they try to make a iliana or what's her name yeah something like that they set her up as like oh well she's gonna be the badass to take down the bear and then all she does is like swipe it with her sword a couple times and it does almost nothing to that bear and then Um, she like quits yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, or the the rodrigo guy where he's like take this so he can conjure fire and he's really hot and he picks up a a church pew and tries to hit the bear with it. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is he doing? And they cannibal even like they set up a shot of like cannibals getting ready to attack the bear, and they just cut away to like I think Danny or Wolf Girl, and nothing ha- like there's no fight scene between cannibal and the bear. Yep. Like it's next like either they ran just... out of money or it's been edited heavily. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what's going on. Well, I'm sure that like when COVID happened, like the editors and FX team went to like the producers or whoever and was like, listen, what are we going to do? The film isn't finished. And Disney was like, fuck it. Get it to a presentable stage and we'll just release it in a, <laughs> in a time when no one's going to see it. And so... <sighs> God. It, it's, a, it's an interesting film like i said it's not horrible horrible but i don't know if there's ever going to be a moment where i'm going to watch it again was like i liked this more than dark phoenix maybe but like it's just i don't know like you said i can't think of a single instance in which i would want to turn this on again and so as a filmmaker those shower scenes like why yeah like (laughs) nothing in the in the story or the dialogue points to like they need to discuss it like if it's to reveal the 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 scar on wolf girl like like a tank top there's another scene with a pool (laughs) like they could have all been hanging out the pool (laughs) um yeah it's i mean they're probably like those girls are probably over 18 but like as characters they're supposed to be don't don't worry they are i looked because i I I looked it up too (laughs) because because i i was watching i said this is a little uncomfortable but the girl who plays danny she's like 25 so okay i feel a little better now And I think yeah, I think I was just the girl from Game of Thrones. I think was also like eighteen or nineteen, maybe even twenty, when they shot the scene. So, yeah, but, but, still, but at the same like time, when you watch it, you're like, ooh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Their characters are supposed to be younger, which is still like story wise, like ugh. Yeah, look at my most recent video on child nudity in film, and I get all into that. So like, like the I, I think I mean the idea is cool. I think of taking mutants to a place to train them to be part of you know, Mr. Sinister's corporation or something. I, I like that idea. And, you know, them being new mutants is the reason why they, they have that name. Um, but it's just the execution's really sloppy. Well, I was going to ask you guys, because I thought this was the case. When we see, like, the basically iPhone footage of, like, the torture that's happening there, is that the mm-hmm. same footage that's from Logan? It uh, might be, in the but credits- I'm pretty sure it's the same. I think it is because in the credits I did see like footage from Logan like yeah credited so, so. I couldn't remember where it was so I think it was just like spliced in with when uh the woman who gave Logan the uh X23 when she sent like the video basically to him yeah. I think they just took that those clips or maybe even like behind 
unused clips from that and then use that. And so. I mean, sweet. If they said like a quick shot of, you know, Logan. Yeah. <laughs> or it might have been Hugh Jackman's like, nah, mate, nah. <laughs> just Logan and X-23 arrive. Or I guess that wouldn't make sense canonically, but fuck it. And Logan and X-23 arrive at the end and they're like, come with us. And so. <laughs> At least it's only like an hour and twenty minutes. So yeah. Yeah, 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 it does go. It does go by fast. I mean, it doesn't drag at all. I mean, it's well paced. If anything, it goes. If anything, I'd argue that it goes a little too fast. Where it's like, oh, we're yeah. done. Oh, okay. Like, yep. So yeah. No, stop. Seems like a good place to end a film. When we do the nerdies uh, in February, I want that to be one of the lines of the year. Is no, stop. From Danny Moonstone, <laughs> from New Mutants, and so yeah, you know, because also even uh, I'll, I'll we'll get out soon, but like I, they had like some really cool character moments when they go out and it's raining and hitting the force field, and um, you know, Danny and uh, Rain are talking and they find out that you know they like each other. I like that stuff, but it still feels like it needed to be fleshed out a little bit more. Well, that's the thing that's, like, it's kind of a massive deal. <laughs> like, this is a superhero yeah. film that has a gay romance in it, but no one's talking about it because of all the other elements of this film. And so... Yeah, true. But, Too right. But anyways, um, next week, I have no idea what we're going to watch. Um, we'll figure it out. I don't think there's any new movies coming out next week. I do know uh, Batman 89 is playing in the theaters. I've got tickets to it, so I'll be there. There's that nice. Devil All the Time on Netflix, which I've been looking forward to. That has Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson that comes oh, out yeah. Actually, like on Wednesday. Maybe we, might, we might do that one. That one's Wait, what? awesome. It's called it's The called Devil, the all, Devil the all the Time. Oh, okay. That's in theaters. I mean, there's there's some small stuff in theaters. Um, well, Devil uh, All the Time is, is, is a Netflix original. Yeah. it's. Oh, is it in theaters still? Uh, like the uh, landmark. Uh, oh, cool. I didn't know. Oh, sorry, I didn't know that. Yeah. But yeah, I keep forgetting we actually... Because the only wide, stuff. the only wide release is Infidel, and I'm not giving money to that company. So yeah, fuck that guy. Yep. Um. Yeah. All right. We'll figure it out. Cool. Yeah. Totally. Uh, Henry, great hearing from you. It's always a pleasure. And uh, everybody else, we'll see you at the movies. Brad, I see you all the time. So fuck you. Yeah. Um. So sick of your face. <laughs> totally. Uh, see you at the movies. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.